Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now it's time for the Scores Bears postgame show with David Haw from the Mully and Haw Show and former Bears long snapping Ironman Patrick Manley on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome to the Scores post-game show on 670 Score, Chicago Sports Radio. I am David Haw, along with Patrick Manley, 31, 35 to 13. Goodness sakes, you lose track. It got so easy at the end there for the Bills over the Bears on a very frigid day at Soldier Field. Nine degrees at kickoff, minus nine wind chill. Patrick, that was not what you expected if you went to the football game this afternoon at Soldier Field and expected a little holiday cheer. It got ugly in the end, and it was hard to watch. You know, the first half, though, was entertaining. And then the second half happened. They go down and score quickly. And then I think the Bears went, what, a turnover, three and out, three and out. Then the game just got out of hand. But here's the thing. They talk about the hits principle. They need to add a T to that hits principle. That's talent. They're just outmanned. That's what it is. I mean, we've said that. The last this whole year, and then last week they won the turnover battle three to one. They win it three to one today. When you win the turnover battle like that, you should be in the game, if not win the game. So it's just they're outmanned. I mean, that's exactly what it is. And and to to give up what eight point two yards per rush up front, that's embarrassing for those guys. They're not going to have fun in the meeting room tomorrow. But I mean, we're in a position where we are because of the lack of talent. But I still did see the hustle and the intensity, and we saw the takeaways, and they played pretty smart and they played pretty well. I thought in that game with those elements as far as the smartness and all that, but they just need talent. 31 carries for 254 yards. That's what the Bills did on the ground. People on social media were criticizing Allen Williams as is the reflex because it's a defensive coordinator, but I think I tweeted back at somebody, Buddy Ryan in his prime could have called the most intelligent, <laughs> elaborate uh, schemes and with this talent, Patrick, I think you're right. I think they would have had a hard time stopping the run. That's not an insult. That's just recognizing what we're watching and what they lack because the Bills are a very good football team. They're very well-rounded. But you got the sense that the more that this game went on, you wondered why in the world are they throwing the ball? I know they have Josh Allen, but Josh Allen's – uh, bad decisions led to two interceptions and a couple more errant throws and kept the Bears, frankly, in this game or thinking that they had some hope because when they ran the ball, they did whatever they wanted. Devin Singletary, 12 carries, 106 yards. James Cook, 11 for 99. 
And Josh Allen himself, six carries for 41 yards, and the Bears offense really never got going. Had some good moments, but frankly, to me, a little more conservative than I would have liked if I'm Luke Getze looking to looking to steal a game at home against the Bills. No, you're right, and that, you know... <laughs> Thank the Bills for letting Josh Allen throw it as much because the first half was obviously entertaining. I was super entertained. I'm like, all right, we're up 10-6. We have a chance. Then that second half happened. I started yawning, got a cup of coffee. <laughs> then they're throwing the ball around, and then they're giving it to the Bears. I'm like, all right, we're back in the game. But then, like you said, the Buffalo Bills are a good football team. They're going to be probably running a long time in the playoffs and have a good chance to win the Super Bowl with that talent. Um, they had a banged-up O-line as well. I talked about Mitch Morse being out and Aaron Cromer in the pregame moving pieces around, and they still were able to run for 254 yards. And that says to me how much depth they have and how much talent they have compared to the Bears' D-line. Ryan Bates, the guy we mentioned that the Bears pursued in the offseason, stayed in Buffalo, took their offer. He had to play center today mm -hmm. because of injuries, and they moved the pile. And I know it was against the Bears' defense, but the Bills come in with a makeshift offensive line. And frankly, if you're looking at this from their perspective, they're probably feeling very good despite the way they won this game. They won an ugly game without Josh Allen at his best, and they won it handily, but it was their coldest road game uh, ever in their history, and there were other elements that contributed to you know, distractions that they handled. So from the Bills' perspective, they ran the football right down the Bears' throats and, and won on a day when their quarterback was not at his best. So the Bears, I don't know if it's a missed opportunity. I'm not, I'm not sure how, how real it ever was, but I feel like when, you, when they watch this, they're going to have some regret over the missed chances that they could have taken, Patrick, again. After Justin Fields completed that 44-yard pass to Valus Jones, where you thought, all right, they're going to loosen things up, they went back into a shell yep. and they started handing off again. That's not, what you, that, that's not how you win a game you're suppo not supposed to win. No, and also I saw you tweeted during the game, some of the third and short calls, fourth and short calls, they took kind of – Justin Fields' legs away, right? They just made him win it by his arm. Was that by design? I'd like to know that. I'd like to ask Getze and, and, and Eberflus, is this kind of the maturation of Justin Fields and putting him in that situation say, can you win it with your arm, not just your legs? And this, these are opportunities for him to grow. A couple balls were tipped. A couple balls were dropped. Um, I'm curious why they made those calls, and I agree with you that for the best chance to succeed, you want to have him to have the opportunity to use either his legs or his arm, but they just tried to uh, get those third and fourth downs with his arm. With your trained eyes, as you're watching this game unfold, I have to ask you this because it crossed my mind. You look at the way Justin Fields handled himself, maybe the way they, call, they, they called plays, but he ends up with seven carries for 11 yards. He was 15 for 23, uh, passing for 119 yards, one touchdown. He was sacked twice, passer rating 92.5. But I think that, Patrick, I look at he wasn't the same – he didn't have the same burst. Yeah. I don't think he had the same aggressiveness. And maybe that partly because, hey, it's easy to say go out and play in those conditions, but it's another thing to do it. I also wonder if he was favoring the left shoulder, which might not be fully healed. And sometimes when it's weather this extreme and the cold is that much, you have to deal with every breath you feel it. I wonder if he was impaired somehow physically and that contributed to his limitations today yeah I wonder as well but I also wonder how much of this is coaching telling him to put the defender in conflict I think he had a nice first down throw or a nice throw where the defender had to come up a little bit and he dumped it over the top of him on a rollout is this coaching is this something they're telling him to work on and they keep drilling in his head and when he gets out there in the game he he goes back to that he relies back to what the coaches said instead of just being aggressive with his uh, legs I'd really like to know that. And it could it be the weather in his shoulder? Are they trying to protect him as well to get him into next year? But he can still get these reps at quarterback. 
Um, I mean, that's the questions they are the answers they only know to those questions, but that could be could be the issue. But I'm kind of like what I'm seeing right now because I argued earlier in the year when they did put this running game in that hey, it's awesome and all that stuff. But are they taking away some pass plays for him to develop as a quarterback? And I think now you're getting a couple more. You got 23 attempts, but I don't think they had a whole lot of plays today. Uh, what is that? 54 plays, I think it was total. Um, so you know you're kind of limited in your total number of plays compared to some games you have 60, 70 plays of having more drop back passes, but. I feel like they are letting him use his arm a little bit more, and I like that. I really like that. The Bears took 59 snaps offensively. They controlled the ball for 31 minutes, but it didn't seem that way because it, it, they didn't really have any period of time where you felt like after the opening series they were getting anything going. The opening series was impressive. They mixed and matched. They ate the clock. They did a lot of things well, but I don't know that they ever really took advantage of that. And, and you, you look at their, their overall statistics, and – to me, it just underscored, again, what you talked about, the defense is also true on offense. The lack of talent at the wide receiving position is is going to limit your passing game. So while I'm clamoring on Twitter and saying, throw the ball downfield, Luke Getze, call more downfield passes, you know, that's frustration as much as anything because the reality is, who's going to get open? <laughs> There's really not that kind of depth of talent that you have, and your wide receiving core is so limited that you you have to take that into account against a very good secondary and a pass rush that was not letting Justin Fields feel comfortable. I'm over here laughing just because I have the you know the game sheet up here and the leading receiver is Valus Jones. Two receptions, 52 yards. Byron Pringle, two receptions, 34 yards. Uh, Dante Pettis, two receptions, 11 yards. Those are your three receivers. You're, but those aren't players. Those aren't guys you can rely on. And we know that Dante Pettis had a third down drop again. That's unfortunate for... For uh, Justin Fields, uh, Cole Komet had another drop for Justin Fields, which hurt. So you can't trust these guys. It's, it's just yeah. – you just look at these names, and I'm talking about the extra T and that hits principle. That's talent. Who is he throwing to? And then he's got to make shift O-line in front of him as well. You've got two guards that are out. Did they bench Larry Borden at the, at the end of the game? He wasn't yeah, I wondered if I that was injury or, or, or related to his performance yeah. because I don't think that without watching the tape a second time, Patrick, it didn't seem like he had a good day. He did not. And unfortunately on that goal line – uh, play oh. where they called holding. That was not holding. He got his butt whipped. His pads were too high. He got beat so bad it looked like he held the guy because the guy fell over because he hit him so hard. But I don't think he had a good game either, and that's unfortunate because I was hopeful. Like I talked about in the pregame, I was hoping, hoping, hoping for him that he could build up his versatility and maybe become a guard and maybe become a swing guy that can help a guy out on game day that way. But it didn't go well for him today from what I saw just uh, from the first cut. Totally unfair, but these are the reactions you get immediately after the game. The tight end position had two plays that stood out to me, and both were negatives. Cole Komet has to catch that pass. You cannot drop a ball when you are targeted so infrequently, and you have to take advantage of those opportunities. I know he's had some progress this year, but that was frustrating. The other one, Ryan Griffin. I don't know whether to fault him or to compliment the, the Bills defensive back who made the nice tackle, but when they, re, when they challenged the, the spot and you saw his knee go down, that was one of those plays that did stand out. You wanted him to be a little bit stronger after the catch. He was brought down. That was a turnover on downs. That can't happen. But those are the two plays. Unfortunately, when you talk about the tight end position and the lack of talent and the lack of depth in the passing game, these are the kinds of things that can't be the reality that when you think of the tight end play, they're two kind of negative outcomes. And that's what you want to avoid moving forward if you can. But that's the challenge in front of Ryan Poles, who we heard before the game talk about a lot of things. And we use the word opportunity a lot 
And today just feels like a lot of guys did not take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah, and just back to the talent thing, like Ryan Griffin was in his 10th year. That's an amazing career, six-round pick out of, uh, I think it was UConn. Played six years with the Texans, three years with the Jets, one year with the Bears. He's kind of a journeyman player, right? That's a talent gap that we're just missing in that position. That, you know, maybe Cole Komet, if if we talked about signing that contract, is maybe like the Ryan Griffin and they find somebody else who's more of a star in the pass-catching role. Maybe that's something that happens and that's an upgrade. But again, it's just the talent issue. The names that he's throwing to Justin Fields, it's unfortunate. Like you said, Ryan Poles has a huge offseason this year to see what they can do. Can they correct it 100%? I don't believe that. I think it's two more years away, but... Um, anything to do to anything they can do to help Justin Fields is is definitely necessary, but it's just the lack of talent. That's all it is, and it's unfortunate. But again, I want to get your thoughts on this. Did you think they played hard? Did they, was there hustle and intensity other than just get beating up front by man on man O line D line? Well, I think the the mismatch was obvious, mm-hmm. and I felt like there were times though, Patrick. I looked at, and it's easy to say watching from afar, not being in the midst of it. Defensively, I did not think that there were times where they sold out in the way that you're used to seeing them sell out. I did not think that there were there was that kind of intensity that you want if you're coaching this. If I'm grading this tape, I'm looking at a couple of those runs and I'm yes. seeing a passive approach and angle to the football. You can't do that. You can't have any margin for error when you are limited in terms of talent. So yeah, again, the reaction to this game is that, no, I did not see the same type of effort each and every series that we are used to seeing from a Matt Eberflus, Allen Williams defense. Yeah, I, I could see that, and especially last week, the way they played uh, defensively. I thought they really hustled. That, that's a good point. Um, I just I just sit there and watch these games, David. I'm just like, they just don't have any talent. I'm going to say that over and over, and it's just unfortunate. You're going out there outmanned, undermanned. You know that going into that game. You know that when you're working through the week, when you're getting the scouting reports and you're practicing, you're like, oh my gosh, we got to cover stuff on digs. They've got this guy. They've got that guy. Who are we going to stop them with? Um, and it is. The only thing they can stop them with is with hustle and intensity. And you're right. Um, I saw a little bit, just not enough. I thought last week was much more. But uh, I'm not completely disappointed in their effort this week. It, it, it's hard to and that's sad. evaluate that's sad effort to evaluate it that way. And, and to see it when, you, when you're so overmatched at times. Because, okay, one play stands out. Okay, when you think of these things, you, you go based on your reactions. And my reaction to, I think it was the 33-yard touchdown run by Singletary. Jaquan Brisker took a terrible angle, mm-hmm. but I don't know that he tried to adjust. And it's almost like he conceded way too early. And then Jalen Jones has his back to the ball, and I'm just thinking, at what point in time do you realize it's not a pass play? And you got to have awareness, and again, that's related to the turn around and make a play. And there are other guys that it felt like when they were being blocked that they were being blocked too easily, and that they weren't they weren't aggressive enough at the point of attack. And so I, that's a tall order against a very good team, but they just weren't as obvious as they have been in previous weeks because – we talked before the, before the game on the pregame show. The one thing that this Bears team has done throughout the 3-11 and start and now 3-12 and is that they have maintained a level of intensity that is to be commended. I'm not sure that after evaluating today's tape that Matt Eberflus will, will say the same thing about this effort. I'm just not sure of that. Yeah, that will be interesting to hear his comments about that. What do you think about Brisker not shooting his – like shooting well on that run you're talking about, going ahead and yeah. taking it, just just shoot it, right? Go for the tackle. You've got to because what's the alternative? The alternative is you look like you're out of position, yes. but you've got no chance of making the play unless you try to gamble to make a last-ditch effort to make a play. We've seen it how many times. Jack Sanborn probably has a dozen tackles this year, selling out in That's similar situations, out of position, but he goes and he sells out and he makes the play. 
but Brisker did uh, extend his sack lead now up to four, <laughs> which is again I, goes to that talent gap between the, this D line. I mean, they they're not getting any pressure. They got a little bit of pressure, but not enough. There were too many plays where Allen's just sitting back there, just patting the ball like it's seven on seven. Just it's it's I, you can't do that. Was, I feel bad for Allen Williams having to call a defense with that with no pressure with this style of defense he's trying to run. Your best pass rusher can't be your strong safety. No. That just can't be the case. And it and better not be for the rest of his career. If that is true, then Ryan Poles is, making, is not doing his job. Absolutely true. That's what we think. What do you think? 312-644-6767. What do you think of the effort? What do you think of Josh Allen? What do you think of Justin Fields? And by the way, if you went to the game, what do you think of the experience? Was it something that you regret or was it something that you would love to do all over again? We are here for you at the score for the postgame show. 35-13, Bears lose to the Bills. It's Christmas Eve. Celebrate with us here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we're back with more of the scores bears post game show with david haw from the mulligan haw show and former bears long snapping iron man patrick manley on sports radio 670 the score always live on the free odyssey app Welcome back to the Bears post-game show here on 670 The Score. David Hall, Patrick Manley until 5 o'clock, taking your phone calls, gauging your reactions, call us, text us, whatever you want to do, you can tweet at us as well. We've taken deep breaths now that we have our reactions out of the way. 35-13 to 13 losers, the Bears to the Bills 
on a chilly day at Soldier Field. Chilly understates it because it was 9 degrees at kickoff, minus 9 wind chill, and the Bears made it seem like a little longer afternoon. Couldn't stop the run and couldn't stop anything. 31 carries, 254 yards for the Bills as they cruise. So let's take your phone calls. Start on the score listener line powered by betql bet smarter beat the books download the betql app today or visit betql.com let's get things started with chris in evanston chris welcome to our post game show hey what's going on y'all uh, i want to i got a couple points first i want to start out and say this head coach is not going to win a super bowl uh the football guys are going to curse what he did on that last play uh you just don't do that i think it was last week green bay got first and goal at the one, and they just knelt down and in the game. Uh, no, Nobody should be running in the end zone right there. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I've been saying all year that great. We know Justin Fields could run. Today they stopped us a couple times. that We didn't even run him like you guys were already talking about. So then why is he out there? If we're not going to utilize him in what we've been doing all year long, which is running him 15, 20 times a game, then why does he need to be out there? Because we're not going to pass the ball. I don't agree with, well, we don't have the athletes. We don't have the receivers. These are the guys we went out and signed. These are, we, we got guys on the practice squad. Bayless Jones is not being utilized, uh, getting any attempts. Uh, the guy we traded for, Keneal Harry, he's not out there getting any attempts. So I, I just don't agree with that. Well, we don't have the athletes. And why, then why are we so excited to have a good draft pick? Because what is our GM going to do? with all these draft picks. Just the same guy that I feel gave away Khalil Mack for nothing, Roquan Smith for nothing, uh, all of these guys, and he turns around and trades for Claypool, who I think in time could be a good good receiver for us. But right now, it's a big bust. You gave up a number two pick for a guy that has accomplished nothing since you got him. And what would have happened if we re-signed Roquan, had Jack Sanborn, and it looks like Morrow should should have never been starting, and Adam should have been starting. That's my thoughts on it, guys. I mean, uh, you, you know, you know how I feel about all this stuff, Manly. Yeah, I do. Thanks, Chris. Chris, you always give a great call, man. I appreciate it. What do you think, Pat? Well, let's start start with the uh, the score at the end of the game. I think that's that's something between coaches that they never forget. You know, that's gonna go that's gonna go in the back. You know, one of his folders somewhere when he pulls out Sean McDermott's file, he's gonna remember that one. And that'll come back. And they're competitors. They're competitors just like the players are. That's stuff they remember. Um, and I, I agree with that. But also McDermott's a competitor where he wants to score and whatever. But those are things you're going to remember if you're on the other side of that. Let me ask you this, though. Let, let's look at that specifically. Mm-hmm. Fourth and three mm-hmm. at the 13-yard line. There's a minute two left in the game. You're ahead 28-13. to 13, And you throw a pass that, that Josh Allen uh, – completes to Knox for a 13-yard touchdown. Now, in that situation, you're up 28-13. to 13. What would you have done? Kick the field goal, taking a knee, turn it over on downs? I'm just how, ki- how, kicking the field what's goal. What's the right way? I'm, kicking, okay. I'm just kicking the field goal, taking what you're given, taking the easy way out. I know it's not easy because he's missed a couple field goals, a PAT and a field goal earlier, but I'm just kicking the field goal. I'm with you because I thought it was a bit much, especially for – uh, we we live in a, a fantasy football era, and yeah. and it felt felt like that was an attempt to get Josh uh, Allen another touchdown pass mm. or pat his stats or whatever the fact. Not because of fantasy football per se, but I think we notice these things more, and I wonder if that's ingrained in some people's heads. It was an unnecessary play. 
I, I don't know if a field goal would have been unnecessary. It did feel a little, a little bit like let's run it up because we want to impress the AP voters <laughs> if it were college football. That's but, not going to help your number one seed. It's you've, not already got help it, you've, you. already, you've already got it won. You've already won and, the game. And, and where are you with the whole football gods karma will come back and get you because that was a bad look for the Buffalo Bills if you are on the other side of it. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's, it's the football gods. I think it's more that Eberflus could come back and get them some, at some point. You know, that's the thing that you never know. There could be some game down the road. I mean, let's, let's hope it's a Super Bowl in three or four years that it comes back <laughs> down the road. Let's hopefully it's that. But, you know, somewhere it's going to come back. It's just, it is. I just think coaches have the same mentality as players, that they, they remember that. There's a little, little mark that he's going to be like, hmm, all right, he did that to me at the end of that game. I'll get him back somehow. So you've been in these locker rooms. You know that post-game there's a lot to sift through. There's a lot to process. Do you think that play did not sit well with Bears defensive players? Um, I'm sure they're going to talk about it. They'll probably go somewhere and have a steak and a beer after this, and they'll probably talk about it. I'm sure they will. Yes, I, I definitely think they will. Let's keep things going with Stephen, who is in Columbus, Ohio. Welcome to our post-game show, Stephen. Welcome to The Score. Gentlemen, uh, Merry Christmas to you and your uh, family. Thank you. Uh, another, uh, you know, probably a, uh, what do you call it, the uh, – um, a decent effort by the Bears. Um, but, uh, you know, Luke Getze, uh, I really am starting to lose a lot of, uh, I, w- I don't want to say patience, but today he didn't do a good job play calling, in my opinion, even with all the problems that the Bears have personnel-wise with the injuries and lack of talent. Um, just these second half, the run, 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 and then pass was so predictable, um, just really, you know, what the, the previous caller had asked, basically. What did Luke Getze really do to help Justin Fields? Where, where was these designed runs? And if if Getze and Ibufus is scared about maybe Fields getting beat up by Buffalo, you know, with a strong, stingent defense, you know, maybe the Bears probably should start thinking about maybe sitting Fields if, if you know, the uh, – his injury on that final drive or next to the final drive is an indication where he looked like he was limping pretty badly there. So that's, that's my first point. And the other point, and maybe this could be something that you guys can discuss next week as well, was that chase clay pool trade. Um, You know, like Chris said, the trade has been a massive disaster, a massive disappointment. (laughs) And I get it. You know, maybe they're looking at 2023 where fields can, work with him in the entire offseason, much like Darnell Mooney did, uh, to maybe hopefully get him acquainted to the offense. But I'm wondering if Ryan Poles made that trade out of a desperation and whether or not the coaching staff, you know, Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus was totally on board with that trade. And, and you know, I whatever the reason is, you know, this offseason is going to be huge for the Bears with so many salary cap and a – maybe a first or second overall selection. There will never be another offseason like this for the Bears. And well, you hope not. Thank, whatever thanks for the phone call. Yeah, yeah, that, thank you. Have a Merry Christmas. So, uh, Patrick, I'll let you respond. The Chase Claypool trade is something that it will continue to get a sure. lot of scrutiny and discussion, but I do want to remind Stephen and everybody else, he was injured. He has an injured knee, yeah. so he's unavailable right now. So that makes the evaluation of that trade 
incomplete and you know to call it a massive disaster would be borderline unfair yeah you said the word that i was gonna say it's incomplete you just put an incomplete on that grade right now you're hoping when people talked about the next next offseason he's kind of the only receiver that would be out there to really go grab unless you want to make a trade for somebody else instead of a free agent coming out so i kind of get that i liked him coming out of notre dame i liked his big playability but again it's just incomplete because we don't know yet we just don't know we don't have enough plays he came in as a receiver it's very difficult to do to come into a new offense and learn the offense that way and they've talked about how difficult it is not only running learning their 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 route tree and all that stuff but you got to learn all the the blocking rules in the run game which are very can be very can not confusing very very difficult to learn as well um so to me that's incomplete and then he talked about Luke Getze as well and and the conservative play calling I think about it more when you go into this game you've got to remember you've got two new guards in there Two guards that are well, one guard that hasn't played there since college, another one that's your your backup backup kind of guy. Um, what has been the strength the whole year is the run game, right? Even with all these combinations of all these O linemen moving in and out, they've still been able to run the ball. Yes, a lot has to do with Justin Fields, but even Montgomery and Herbert have had a pretty good year. So, I just think when you when you start to write up this game plan going against this Buffalo Bills team, that's what you think you have to do. You're going to have to be able to run the ball against them. You can't you can't throw the ball against these guys. That's a real rational approach to it in response because I have to admit after they completed the 44 yard pass to Bayless Jones my 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 reaction immediately was okay finally they needed to do that we we I tweeted about that when you don't take a shot downfield you allow your defense to to be more uh, uh, aggressive up front stopping the run jumping routes these kinds of things you need a deep pass or even the threat of a deep ball to keep people honest in the secondary and after that 44-yard completion, which Valus Jones made a terrific adjustment to to complete, Patrick, I felt like Luke Getze then didn't take advantage of that. Yeah. He didn't take advantage of loosening, loosening up that defense however much he did because the next seven plays were either runs yeah. or short passes. Yeah. But the I downfield pa- passing game wasn't there. Or, or Okay, or were they not open? Because earlier in the game, there were some max protection play-action passes where he's sitting back there holding the ball for a minute. And he scrambled or threw or checked it down, so it might have been called, and then he just yes. didn't want to take the chance because there were that, quite a few max true. protections called earlier. The play action yeah. max protections, the double tight ends, and tight end and a running back blocking. So it might have been called. It might just might not have been thrown, and maybe he was told later in the game, just go ahead and let it go because he was double covered. It was a nice play by Velas Jones to come back and make that catch. And and to go back to the original point because they're both sort somewhat connected. When you the reason you go out for. Uh, and trade for a guy like Chase Claypool is that you hope that he becomes an explosive playmaker at the wide receiver position where you lack them. Now, when they traded for Chase Claypool and they deemed it an appropriate deal to give up a second-round draft pick for somebody like that, that type of a player, number one, it was because to get ahead of the 2023 free agent class, but number two, Darnell Mooney was healthy at the time right. and you thought it would be a compliment not necessarily a replacement or an upgrade, but a compliment to Darnell Mooney, who was maybe your 1A receiver, and Chase Claypool, very similarly skilled in terms of what he is and what he isn't. But I got that trade, and I understand why you would, would be compelled. I don't think it was out of desperation. I almost think that he feels like, Ryan Poles, that it was almost uh, he, he was a, t- a step ahead. Because he was thinking, he was thinking beyond this season and trying to get ahead of the free agent class. Well, let me ask you this: Let's let's go to twenty twenty three because we're going to do that anyway with two games to go. Starting wide receivers: Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, and a second rounder. Are you happy with that? 
Well, if Chase Claypool can be the kind of player that he was as a rookie in Pittsburgh in maybe the first season and mm -hmm. a half, I would be I would be happy with that because I don't know that I would trust yet the Bears' ability to find a contributing wide receiver with the second round pick that they traded to to the Steelers. So, and they're not, and getting Claypool doesn't necessarily preclude them from going out and aggressively getting another veteran sure. wide receiver. No, I agree. Maybe with you. Even, yeah. maybe even someone even better than Claypool. I would like that so, better. I would like that better. I was just kind of throwing that out there. That safe, yeah. safe way you could say this can happen. Realistically, you know, this is, this is something could really happen. The second round with that second round pick going to get a, a a wide receiver, but yeah, I'd rather have somebody better than Claypool. If you can do that, then get it done. Then if you have those three. That I'm really happy. Justin Fields is going to be ecstatic, and that's that's a good start for 2023. Let's squeeze in John in Dallas, and I am sensing a theme here. John, welcome to the Scores Post Game Show. How are you? Hey, first of all, happy holidays to you guys. Hey, uh, two 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 quick points. Then you notice they was on the 19 yard line two series in a row, and they did not. The offensive coordinator did not call one pass to the end zone. That stuff was unacceptable. He. He called a bad game today. You don't get in the red zone and don't attempt to throw the ball for a touchdown. This is getting sad. I'll hang up. <laughs> well, I think I think that's a, the hanging up is part of the phone call because it shows you how frustrating it was today to watch the Bears' offense. And Patrick, you're right about the lack of talent. Um, I also feel like there was a, a, a sense of conservatism yes. by Luke Getze. And, I, and I'm a big fan of Luke Getze. Yes. I, I think uh, I dubbed him early on the great Getze. I don't know if he's been that, but he certainly is responsible for unlocking uh, whatever you know you, you want to look at the development of Justin Fields. Justin Fields is most responsible for that. But Luke Getze certainly helped by leaning in and into and embracing all of that you know, that style represented from a play-calling perspective. He didn't have a good day, but he was facing a very good Super Bowl-caliber defense that's getting uh, – they got better today. Yeah. I think they got better today even without Von Miller, but you saw some guys step up and make some plays that remind you just how deep that team is. And I think the game plan – you know, I talk about the week. The game plan for these games, they want to limit possessions for this potent offense, offense for the Bills, right? And the way you do that is you run the ball, you run the clock, you limit the number of times they have the opportunity to score – I think he just sticks to his guns a lot. We saw it earlier in the year. To, with uh, Learning Justin Fields, he's still running the ball on third down. I just think that's who Luke Getze is right now. Can you fault him for a conservative game plan and, and not being able to win this game? I think, yes, you can. But also, I think going into this week, that was his idea. Limit the possessions of the Bills so they can't score 35 points, but they did because they couldn't run the ball. But if you run the ball, then you limit their possessions and they're not scoring that many points and you're in the game more. Okay, so I'm sure that everyone has a lot of opinions and reactions to today's 35-13 to loss to the Bills. You want to share them with us, 312-644-6767. And for people that went to Soldier Field and stood out there for however long you stayed, how long did you stay, let us know. And Patrick Manley's daughter celebrated her 17th birthday in the elements today at Soldier Field, a very familiar place for the Manley household. But I want to hear how that went when we come back let us know what you think. 312-644-6767. The score postgame show. The Bears, 35-13 to losers. Patrick Family, David Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Peterman uh, takes the snap one more time. Pressure coming, picked up, rolling right. Peterman going to set up the Hail Mary pass, throwing a nice tight spiral to the end zone, and it is intercepted in the end zone by the Buffalo Bills. Touchback as the clock expires. Coming up with a football for the Buffalo Bills once they stop celebrating. Jaquan Johnson, the backup safety on the pick on the Hail Mary. That ends the game. Buffalo improves to 12 and 3. The Bears are now 3 and 12. Thank you, Jeff Joniak and WBBM for the final call of the Bears' 35 to 13 loss to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, 3 and 12. Only one other time in the Bears' history have they been 3 and 12. That wasn't that long ago. It's been a tough stretch here. That was 2016, and here in Matt Eberflus's first season, the Bears now 3 and 12, staring at. 3-14, and 14, and 14 losses would be a franchise record. And this has not been a good stretch. Have not won a football game since October 24th against the Patriots. Remember that night, that magical night in Foxborough? Okay, so this was a difficult one to sit through. Patrick Manley, David Haw here, Bears postgame on the score until 5 o'clock. Patrick, your daughter celebrated her 17th <laughs> birthday today. And I would say that it was a, you know, a, a war, uh, filled with warmth. <laughs> but I'm sure that came later with her family and tonight probably, but not this afternoon because she chose to be at Soldier Field where the kickoff temperature was 9 degrees and 9 below wind chill. Yeah, we bought these tickets a while ago, knowing we'd be back for the holidays, and she's become a big NFL and a big football fan. She actually loves Joe Burrow, which is, drives me crazy, but uh, that's another story. But she's, she's, she just wanted to go. She's like, Dad, I really want to go. I want to go see this game. My wife said, okay, I've been to colder games. I've been to games like this. We'll figure it out. I talked about the secret of bringing your sleeping bag and getting in it. So I asked, you know, how long do you think you guys will stay? And uh, my daughter was like, no, I think we'll make the whole game. They made it halfway through the third quarter and then came over here to the studio to hang out with me to watch the fourth quarter. But they said it was great. They said the fans were, were awesome. Um, you know, it was just kind of fun to see everybody bundled up and all that kind of stuff. Said the stands were almost half Buffalo Bills fans. Half Bears fans, the Bills Mafia traveled very well. Um, but my wife said it was very, very cold. And the other thing she laughed about it was when I played in games like this, she said she would get nervous and get more excited, so stay war- would stay warmer. And she's like, no, I just got freezing because I really didn't care. See, so they, they took that's off. The, that's the thing that's fascinating because I can see if you are related to somebody on the field who was part of 
what's going on, a player, however you're related to that player. And even if you're a diehard fan, but if you don't have necessarily anybody that you care about who is out there, right. you have to be a real you have to have a real commitment to sit through the conditions that they sat through today. That's maybe just out of habit. It's a football family, yeah, but, I but, think. But David, that's what's great about the Bears fans. Their passion is yeah. there. You know, they're 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 in. Even though they're they got three wins, we still get full phone lines. People still talk about them all week. We talk about the future. There's patience now. There's hope. There's always thoughts of good things that can happen, and that's what's great about this city. And I found that out when I moved here. And a big cat told me, he goes, when you lose here, it stinks, and they get on you hard. But when you win, they love you twice as much as, as how hard they got on you. And that's what's great about this Passions Bears fan, fans, and it was great to see them at the game today. It's an odd dynamic because there almost is as much interest, if not more, when things aren't going mm-hmm. so well because everybody's got an idea about how to fix it. So my, my uh, comparison to that, see, you played through the, you know, here for a long time, longer than any other uh, Bears player. My experience in Chicago covering the Bears for the last 20 years is that people will ask, what's it like? And I'll say, well, when, when the Bears are, are bad, it's a good story still. And when they're really bad, it's better. <laughs> because people have the interest level. It's they, true. they want to read, they want to hear, they want yes. to watch, they want to fix. They want solutions to these problems, which seem to be chronic problems that are, are the only consistent thing about the last generation of Bears football is that there's this dysfunction that connects them all. It's true. And when you lose, they want to bitch and moan, and they want to yell, and they want to scream. And when you win, they want to celebrate. And that's what's great about it. I just, It's a great fan base. It's a great city. All the sports here, the support that – you know, the Bulls, Cubs, Sox, Blackhawks, everybody gets here that I just love it. I mean, I absolutely love it. And that's what's fun about being on the radio now after I've retired, that I still feel a part of it and then still more, uh, excuse me, feel more connected to the fans. Well, let's hear from one of those fans back out to the scored listener line, powered by BetQL. John is from Kenilworth, and he was at today's game. Good, mor- good afternoon, John. Welcome to the score. Hey, guys. Merry Christmas. Um, you guys are talking about tired fans. Uh, we're season ticket holders, have had the tickets since the Bears. We're at Wrigley Field in the 50s. Um, we went to this one out cold. Um, it's always fun to watch the Bears and Justin Fields play, uh, but the conditions were pretty brutal. We made it the whole game. Um, but we just wanted to ask you guys, uh, you know, we talked about the cold, the Bears, um, tough football. Are we ready to give up Soldier Field and that cold, that fun for a dome? Is Chicago ready for that? And is it the right decision for the team? Thanks, guys. John, that – that's a great question in light question. of today. Yes. And it's great timing and context. Patrick, what, is, what would be your answer as somebody who, who understands the tradition and lived yeah. through it longer than anybody? It's the tradition, man. I loved getting in my car and driving in the tunnel into Soldier Field. The seeing the downtown uh, you know, skyscrapers, the skyline, the, you know, the weather, what it would be. We would be in the Chicago Hilton Towers every morning. I would look out and see the flags, how – how much they're blowing, how windy is it going to be. You know, you look at your phone, how cold is it going to be. Um, I, I, that, to me, is just Chicago playing on the lakefront. But I understand it of the money, the way the NFL is going, what the opportunity could be out in Arlington Heights. So I get it. But just me being the traditionalist and being fortunate to play as long as I did at that lakefront, that would be hard for me to give up. I'm surprised at how adamant I am about – not necessarily the need, but I think that my support for the idea of building a dome stadium mm-hmm. in Arlington Heights and embracing all that comes with that. Because I think football has changed to the point Bingo. where it's still 
a, a brutal physical collision sport. I respect that. And, you know, Patrick, I love it. I mean, I, I'm not here without playing college football. I love it every day. I could watch, I could watch football 365, 24-7. But it has changed. And I think that because of the way it's changed, that having it indoors where there's speed and precision and all of the things, you know, we embrace analytics. And why? Because it's, it's exact. And there's an exactness that is predictable when you control the elements. And I just think that with the uncontrolled elements like we saw today, so much harder to predict. Maybe better drama, maybe more fun for in some cases. You can say you survived it, but I just don't think that I would embrace it. So I would definitely support and look forward to the days where a day like today isn't dreaded. It's welcomed and embraced, and you go out to, to Arlington Heights, you park your car, you walk into a controlled environment, yep. and you watch some football. Yeah, and this, this, the, the game is changing. The landscape is changing, and you're right. You, you get in a controlled environment, and it costs so much money to go to a game now, right? So you want that experience to be enjoyable. I get it. I understand it. So I just said, I'm a traditionalist. I would like that. But if they do make that change, I totally understand it. It would make the experience a lot better for the fans. There's so much more money in this game. You've got the betting aspect going on. It's just, I get it. So I'm not one to say, no, I don't want them to move. If they do move, I'll buy into it, and I'll understand it. And as a fan, shoot, I would much rather go to Arlington Heights and spend all that money and sit there in warmth and just put on my coat when I walk in and walk out, not while I'm sitting there watching the game. But as a player, there is something about knowing you're going to go play a game like today. You know there's those outdoor elements that can just cause a problem. I kept tweeting, like, good job, Scales, Gill, <laughs> and Santos. Because it is so hard, and you get done walking off that field. And I understand there's other players, receiver, low lineman, Olin kind of sent me a text or tweet back joking with me. But I understand what goes into that. It is so hard. You're so nervous. You're so focused. You don't want to screw up. And when you get done with that game or that one play, you walk over and you kind of wipe your brow, and you're like, all right, I got through that. But that's part of being an athlete. You get yourself in those, those situations, and you, kinda, you have to embrace them. And you have right. to understand what you're getting into. And I kind of enjoyed that. And then when I was done, that beer tastes a lot better after a game <laughs> like this. And I got out of a, a dome game and had a good game or whatever. But that's just part of it. I, I do like that part. Let's squeeze in Michael, who is on the south side. Michael, welcome to the score. How are you? He's, at the, he's, out. At, he's at the club. <laughs> club dub. Well, Not club dub there? today. No, no, no club dub. Hasn't been club dub. That's been closed for, for months. Uh, let's uh, go out to Terrell on the west side. Terrell, welcome to the score. Hey, what's going on, you guys? Happy holidays. I enjoy I enjoyed today's game a lot better than last week. We only got two more weeks left, and they didn't, you know, I was kind of hoping they'd screw up the draft thing, but since they didn't, let's keep on going. Uh, <laughs> my favorite part about this game was um, I like the complimentary football. You know what I'm saying? Like after the Gordon pick. Uh, Gill had the big punt. They got down. The defense shut them, shut uh, Buffalo down, and then the offense drove. They only got three points, but I love that feeling, that that momentum, and 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 everything that they put together. You know, this, this the wide receivers. Okay, this was Bayless Jones' best game. I wonder can he build on that? I, you know, uh, Claypool hurt. I wonder if they're gonna shut him down for the season and just worry about you know the off-season training with. Fields and Mooney and you know it is. I got a question. It, it, does chemistry count in this sort of thing? It, I I took notes, Doc. I could keep going, but I'm gonna be quiet and let y'all talk, man. And uh, hey, thanks for doing the show. Peace. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Did he Bro, say he takes he took Christmas. notes? 
See, that's a Bears fan right there. He took Th- notes because he wants to – again, we, we talk about how fans want this to be fixed. They've got their own ideas, yes. and they don't want to forget them when they get a chance to express them. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. And he, and he also said only two weeks left. I think everybody's thinking that right now, including that locker room. And he, he mentioned chemistry, David. You know it. It does matter. It goes a long way. This, this, this losing is terrible. I hope they can get at least one win going, going through this. But that locker room is still together. They still enjoy each other. And that chemistry can still carry over in the offseason. You, you, as uh, Spiegel says, positive vibes. You take positive vibes into the offseason. When you're working out, you want to work out. You want to be with each other, and that's important as well. You want to get to minicamp. You want to work on getting better. So that chemistry is very important. And speaking of losing, the Bears now 3-12, and the Texans. Yes. With an upset victory today, 2-12-1. and So the Bears are very close to becoming – the worst team in the NFL, and by virtue of that, having the number one overall draft pick next April. And boy, wouldn't that make for an interesting offseason that's already going to be fascinating to discuss and consider, as will our next hour. We've got an hour to go. It's the Bears postgame show. We're going to get to you, Monk. We're going to get to you, Michael. We know you're back. Patrick Manley, David Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 